Hello, everybody. This is the Knights of Outer Ren, episode 5, the Game of Thrones season 6 mid-season point recap review uh, commentary. I don't know. What, what, bah, 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 bah. what do we call that? I am Magnus, and you are? Jess. Okay. Uh, we had done the uh, season 6 preview episode. I also did one with uh, Baby Doll, but uh, ours was more... Uh, spoilery, I guess you would call it, like uh, based on predictions and things like that. Mm. They were kind of based more in what we knew because we've read the books or read the Wikipedia pages for the books. Um, and so, you know, kind of, uh, I mean, we just watched uh, The Door, episode five, and it's, uh, we should probably just cover that quickly mm-hmm. and then kind of cover the, so far, what we feel about the midpoint of season six um so i thought it was interesting that they touched on the little finger thing pretty quickly i mean this is the kind of thing that's happening this season is that everything is going very quickly it's like yeah it's almost like D D are uh that's the showrunners are like guys you know like i'm getting so bored of doing this job i gotta finish it like it really feels like that because you can tell yeah. like if they had done season one the way they're doing season six, Red Wedding would have been episode five. I think it. I think some point in like during season five felt like they were kind of like overwhelmed, and then this season they're like, "Fuck it, balls to the wall." Yeah, I gotta wrap this shit up. Yeah, it That's really feel. It really feels like. Um, like I don't know. Like I'm trying to find an analogy that really works for it, but it just—it's like they didn't know what they were doing for five seasons, or I would say they didn't know what they were doing for three seasons, and so they just went with the books, and then you know made changes, but they kind of tried to stick a little bit to the books, and then they were like, okay, we feel a little bit more comfortable in season four, which is actually surprisingly my favorite. I didn't even realize it until I started counting like my favorite episodes. Um, they kind of started to do their own thing, and it was really cool. I really liked some of the changes they made. Season 5 came along, and you were like, what? Like, this is yeah. this, this feels really like they're lost a little bit. Like, they're not sure yeah. what they're doing. Even though, you know, Season 5 has a couple great episodes, like uh, amazing episodes. One of the highest rated episodes is in Season 5. But that is also the one that departs from the books the most, um, which was uh, Hard Home. And so... Going into this season, I almost feel like Hard Home gave them um, a lot of courage, in a, in a sense, to just go crazy and not stick yeah. too much to the books. Now, am I happy about that? Not really. You know, uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, it, can I deny that this season is like balls to the wall, like fucking full throttle, and that people who haven't read the books will probably think this is the best season out of all of them. There's no way I can deny that. I think that every person I talk to who has never read the books and has no interest in them and doesn't, you know, doesn't have a great critical eye for the fact that this is, show is starting to look a little bit like Vikings with bigger budget. Uh, and you know how I feel about Vikings. I know you like that show still. I'm, I abandoned it. Uh, that's what it feels like to me right now. It feels like Vikings with a huge fucking budget. You know, and the Iron Island shit in this episode, it was, it was straight out of fucking Vikings. Like, straight out of fucking Vikings. It could have been, you could have just transplanted that scene into the Vikings and you wouldn't have known the difference except for Theon is there. 
That's kind of what uh, it felt like to me. And and like the, the, the Ironborn I are think kind the of Vikings. And Vikings are better. No way. Oh Vikings themselves, yeah. Oh the guy, that, the main guy in Vikings, yeah, is better than the people in the in that scene. Oh, in the oh, the Ironborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay, in that scene. I'll you know give, what I thought I'll was really bad? What? Littlefinger was not good. Okay, so we're gonna let's talk about that. I felt like this is them making up for the fact that they really screwed up with Sansa's storyline, and they really made Littlefinger look stupid. And so I think in that scene, you're almost seeing like, and and this can happen where the actor is kind of like, I'm not feeling this scene at all. Like, why is my character such an idiot all of a sudden? And you, I couldn't tell whether Littlefinger was actually having a genuine moment where he felt bad or whether the actor wasn't, his heart wasn't in the scene because it, it was awkward. Yeah, I don't think he did a very good job because he didn't, everything he said was to make him sound like he didn't know and he was sorry, but nothing on his face or his bodily movements indicated that at all. No, which could indicate a great acting moment. Well, maybe he's a sociopath. Well, well, he's, it's possible. I don't know if he's a sociopath or he's clearly a narcissist, but I don't know if he's a sociopath, but, and we don't know. That's the thing with Littlefinger. He's never fleshed out enough for us to know that part of him. Because I think there are enough sociopaths already on the show. I don't think you know, Littlefinger has to be one. But um, but I'm wondering if he's having a genuine moment where he actually cares about Sansa and he feels like he fucked up. Or if he's just really bad at faking emotion. Like you say, like a sociopath would have a real problem faking an emotion. So... I don't know. Or it was just a poor performance. Yeah, but this is, actor is so good that for him to have a bad acting I think he's pretty moment, good. I don't think he's... Honestly, I don't... Except for the sort of nature of his character, I don't know that his performance is all that different from the, what he did in The Wire. He always sort of has the same... Oh, I don't, I don't agree with that. I just watched The Wire. You just watched The Wire, too. Yeah, I know. Really? And you think that that's the same performance? That's a different character, but yeah, he's he, the way he talks, the way yeah, it's pretty similar. And having seen him in the wire, where he you see him actually get emotional, where you don't see little yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a completely different character. And he is playing a different character, but I th- I don't think the performance is all that. Hmm. Well, we're gonna uh, okay, but drastic. I don't think it's that drastically different. All right, like, let's uh, let's focus on this moment though, because I think this is important. I because we could talk for an hour about the wire uh we probably should do a wire episode uh but i think i think you're right though there's something off in this scene and i don't know who's i don't know that sansa did a very good job either but it yeah it wasn't a it was a very strange scene i thought sophie was really strong uh as she gained you know power in the moment and I thought that she played that really well. That like later, the later beats of that scene, I thought were really strong for her. Because yeah. I think Sophie can have like she is a hit and miss sometimes, uh, you know. And it's hard for me to say that because I actually do love Sansa, both show and books. Where a lot of people hated her for a long time, I was always like, no, no, no there's a nuance to this character that you're not giving her credit for. Um, and I thought she had it in this episode, in, c- in certain scenes, and in, in, in fact, in this entire season. Uh, but I did think that the beginning of the scene felt really weird and felt 
like a lot of like fan service, like them answering for what they got. You know that people were pissed last season or whatever the the rape scene. Was it last season? I can't remember. Is it four? Or well, five? the I think they oh, yeah. tried to combine a bunch of storylines into one character. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jane Poole is the character. A lot of things. Ramsey and, and I think maybe it didn't work out as well as they had wanted, but yeah. Um, even so, you. I suppose you didn't have to have this scene. I guess you didn't have. To, but how would you explain? Yeah, no, no. Little I, I, finger not yeah. coming. I think you have to have it. Yeah, I think you do because of that. Because she yeah. has to have information that and she no wouldn't. Way, have and there's no way to explain. Of course, she's going to go talk to him, and of course, she's going to be pissed. Yeah, although it's it, just it, the way it played out was very. Strong. It makes no sense that no one in Castle Black knows about this, and that it doesn't get back to John. Like that makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, that was no. Weird. She couldn't have pulled that off. There's just no way that a lady with red hair, who's a Stark, is going to fucking leave when the god of the Castle Black right now, because these guys think he's a god. Uh, you know, he has family back, and no one's going to tell him. Like God, I don't want fucking. John, uh, you know, the the former law commander who just came back from the dead, I don't want him to kill me because I didn't tell him his fucking sister left. Like, no way, man. I don't fucking buy it. But whatever. This is the this is the whole convenience thing, that the cliche writing that is on this show this season. And I say that I'm still a fan. I still enjoy this show, and I really love this episode. And I've loved, I've, I think I've actually loved all the episodes. Um, but yeah, there's I no denying Yeah, I don't see the advantage of her... Uh, Story-wise, unless something is coming up, of her of writing that scene where somehow no one knows they're meeting, and then she so that gives her the opportunity to lie later. Yeah, no, I, it has to be because he's going to come in with the Vale Knights or the army the, of the Vale last second or something. Yeah, it has to. Why else would they do this? Or that she realizes they need a bigger army, and she goes, okay. I'll go because remember he tells her where they are, so she knows where they're. No, but they what's are. the benefit of of? I, I does that ruin the surprise though? No, for being like people, Littlefinger told me. No, most people. Well, no, no, no. I think the reason they're trying to uh, deflect for the audience's sake, so that the audience doesn't think that she's going to get the veil. Uh, troops, you know, on the Vale Knights. No, but that, I'm saying, what's the what's the purpose of her not telling her brother? No, that's the only reason. It's just so that the audience thinks, oh no, no, they're going to get their own people. She's not going to use Littlefinger anymore. So that then eventually she does. If she doesn't tell John about it, then it's it, to the audience is like, well, she she's keeping it a secret because she doesn't want him to get upset, or you know that he doesn't trust Littlefinger or something. It has to be something like that, or she wants to. She doesn't want to use the veil for some reason, but they, even then, now, now that you bring it up, that doesn't even make any sense. Like for a yeah, why wouldn't purpose. she go? All right. Yeah, so it's purely for the audience. It's not even for it doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't even make any sense. I don't know. This guy. I'm gonna have to watch it again. I mean, if you're build, yeah, because if you're build trying to build an army, everyone's sitting there talking about all the things you don't have, and literally, he said he brought the Knights of the Veil. You yeah. wouldn't be like. John, yeah. guess what? Littlefinger is going to bring the Knights of the Vale. You make a very good point right just there. just told me that I should go down and see the Tullys because, you know, it, like, 
we're having a meeting about this very topic, and yeah. I'm not going to bring any of this up. So they are definitely going to come into play, and they have to be like the people who save the day. It has yeah, to be it the just, There's no explanation for why Sansa thinks it's important no. to keep this yeah. secret. So that's the only reason is because the audience it's a deflection from the audience so the audience doesn't see it coming even though it's so fucking obvious because they only write cliches now. There's no like these are all things that will never happen in the books because George doesn't do this. He doesn't write like this. And so that's why when they said uh, when D&D said uh, the show this season will not spoil the books, I don't think they were kidding. Because I think all of this is an invention, except for the ending of this episode, which I think well, I, is somewhat like how it will be in the Yeah, I think, I think the overall major plot points are the same. But a lot the of... Tentpole, the, the tempo yeah. moments, yeah. But otherwise, everything in between, I think is like, you know, George is going to go left and they're going to go like straight line. They're just going to go boom right there. Yeah. And they're going to miss all the things that make... A Song of Ice and Fire, great. You know, they're gonna, they're just they're gonna running go out right of time. For they're only running out of time because they made it so they're running out of time. They didn't need to end it in eight seasons. They could have gone on for twenty. They decided that. They made that decision. So if you know, if I they mean, go, you're you're right. But to be honest, I probably would have done the same thing. I probably would have decided it earlier, though. But you don't. The thing is, they could have handed it off to someone else, and they decided not to. So it's deeply selfish, and uh, I don't know. I don't feel like there was any need yeah, but, to do but this. Yeah, but people... But wait a minute, though. The the ratings keep going up. That, okay, that, so... The whole handing it off thing, that rarely happens, and when it does happen, usually the show goes downhill. Sometimes. sometimes but we yeah. haven't really seen it happen that often on a show like this. Like, the only show that we can compare that to is The Walking Dead, and yes, that... Did not go well. Alias? But, but they've kept the same guy kind of like, you know, the guy who created the comic books is still kind of like a major EP on that show. So he's not the showrunner, but he is the kind of direction on that show. So. But also I think part of the problem is if if they don't know every detail of every storyline yeah. that George Martin's going to write, they're not novelists. So I don't. No, think they are they novelists, the, but I, well, I don't think they have the ability to then build an ending. Yeah. To a show that's that intricate. I think they I, could. I think they don't want to. I think they feel like, and maybe you. That argument is valid. That it's too big for them to come up with I in so. ten months or three months, really, because they write these scripts. Like even coming up with the next part. So you might, you might, okay, so that is actually, I think, a valid argument for why they're doing it this way, because there's no way they could come up with this much plot that George is putting in the books yeah. on their own. They just couldn't do it, because George I mean, it takes it. him how many years yeah. to write No, okay, it. so yeah. I, think that's a, I think that's actually probably the most valid argument I've heard about them doing this, and I think I might give them a little bit more slack now that I think about it that way, because that is true. They, you know, they've had the books to always flip through, and now they don't. And I, I also feel like there may be some animosity between George and them at this point. Um, and maybe he's cut them off, in a sense, from more information. <laughs> I feel like that may be happening. And, you know, and he's already stated that there's a character that they've killed off, that he's going to make a major part of the next book. And, you know, so... Well, actually, yeah. had. 
I had the sort of same discussion with someone earlier that they were like, why didn't they stick to the books every season? And I was like, look how many storylines oh, were in season one and, <laughs> and book one. And how many storylines are in season book five? They I mean, can't. book two even. If you look at book one I mean, book it, they two, just exponentially oh increase. My God. I mean, book two is so big. When you think about it versus book one, like book one is almost self-contained in a sense, you know, like you have a very small story in the in the grand scheme of things. And when then, you cut and you can't when things are that intricate, you can't just cut things out and expect everything else to stay the same. Like things have to yeah. adjust. No, that's just have to. That's true. And and I think that I understand why they did what they did with season two. They, they actually really I think season two for a lot of fans is the worst because it's the first time that they didn't. They went so far away from the books, but it was. It's understandable because they didn't actually have a great budget for season two. They had a bigger budget for season one than two, and I think that then the show really, you know, picked up. I think uh, Blackwater really like brought the show into the mainstream, and even though it's one of my least favorite episodes, and I think that when you get down to it, like. Everything else has been kind of a reaction to how popular the show has gotten. So I understand. It's, it's, it is what it is. Um, but here's a storyline, though, and I want to touch on this, that is, I, I think, so cool in the books. And they have dropped the ball in so many ways and only made it into a cliche. Like, it's not even cool at all to me. And that's Arya's story, which I love in the books. Mm. And I watch on the show, and I'm just like, why Why am I watching, like, Kung Fu Panda? Well, the weird fucking... thing on the show is, like, this episode, if I was Arya, I would have been like, what the fuck is up with the many-faced god? I, we're just, like, assassins for hire. Yeah, it's, they're just Assassin's Creed. Like, there's yeah. nothing, there's, there's nothing... I they're going to kill Miss Fisher. There's nothing a song of ice and fire about any of this shit, except for, like, maybe, you know, like, her thing where she killed what's-his-fuck last season was, I mean, that's kind of from the books. It's actually closer to this mission she's on now. That's when she does that. Um, so they've actually, like, accelerated that, then given her the same mission that she has in the books, kind of, where she goes off on her own thing, so she must be doing it again. There must be something else coming where she goes off on her own. Um, the, the chick she keeps, you know, training with or whatever, like, we're supposed to hate her, and I, I see reviews where people, like, hate her, I'm just like, dude, she's just like every person training, uh, you know, an impetuous child, like, you know, whatever, like, it's not, I don't even, I don't hate her, I don't care, like, Arya's a pain in the ass on the show, versus in the books, first of all, she's a warg in the books, yeah, well, Uh, it was uh, funny watching it, I was like, why does she just keep fighting the same girl if she's, if she, like, how's she going to get yeah. any better just fighting this one girl? And what then is the, girl, the, what is and the, then the budget beat, there? And then the girl beat the shit out of her, and I was like, oh, I guess she's still not good enough. I and, don't know. And what's, what's really interesting about that scene, too, is, to me, that was a very realistic scene, like, uh, when you are training with a master, and I've, you know, I've taken martial arts, and I've seen this happen, where the master then goes, okay, you know, you think you're good at something because you've learned the moves. Now let me show you how good you're not. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, be humble because you haven't really learned anything. And that's what she was doing in that scene. But yet, what, what does this have to do with being a faceless person? Yeah. Because they're not supposed to go and fucking fight anybody. 
They're fucking assassins. They go and so kill she you. So she can learn how to take a punch, I guess. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, none of this should have any relations to what she's supposed to be doing. They're basically it, like spies who yeah. kill people. I did like that play. Oh, I loved it. I, and that's right. That's kind of out of the book, too. Uh, or out of the next book, The Winds of Winter. That's a, a chapter that's... Uh, but she that probably didn't know out. about Sansa. Yeah, and I think also... No, I did think... Here's an acting moment that I did not enjoy. Because I, I usually enjoy Maisie Williams' thing. And this is not maybe her decision. This is maybe a, a direction. But she's watching the play and she's kind of enjoying it. She has to know. In her heart, she has to know that they're going to put her father in it. And that can't make her feel good. So I did not buy that moment at all. Because, you know, Arya would, should have some dread knowing what's coming in this play. Because she knows what these events are. She was there. Yeah. And so I was just like, uh, this is another false moment in the show where they're playing up the cliche of like, oh, she's happy and now she's not. Like, ugh. But anyway, I, I did like that whole sequence. And I love it would have worked better if either she'd look kind of pissed the whole time or if she'd been like yeah. laughing through the whole thing, like yeah. pretending like she is one of the crowd. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's how they should have played it, but they didn't. Um, look, I'm going to be down on Arya so much this season. I can already feel it. I don't think there's anything... I don't think any of the stuff they're going to do with her this season is going to make me happy. I think I'm not going to be happy that she leaves and goes back to West... Uh, you know, ba- basically back to the North and joins up with either Sansa or... Maybe that's not going to happen. Maybe she's going to go to King's Landing is, and finish off a list, but I don't know. Is killing all the direwolves important to the plot of this story? No, I, and that's the other thing that... I have a real problem with what the show is doing, and it's they're killing off direwolves. While we know in the in the books they're all alive except for one, so now they've killed off all the direwolves except, except for one's a ghost. lost, and then there's ghosts. well, and then yeah, so there's two alive, but we haven't heard anything from Arya's, and so it's like the. In the books, the direwolves are very important, and they're big players in the thing. And now, um, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot Grey Wind died. Uh, but, uh, so, the other direwolves are all still alive. I don't think, you know, any of the Rick and stuff that's happening on the show is ever going to happen. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Summer's going to be well and alive for many books. So... I, do, I think this is purely them trying to get rid of, like, the elements that give them grief while doing the show. Like, because, you know, they have to have the Darwals around, but they have a problem with size and the CGI of it all. And, like, it's a cost and a headache that they don't want to deal with. So I think they're just killing the I do wonder if, if someone in, like, when they were breaking this episode was like, wouldn't the wolf just, like, go with Bran? Yeah. No, but I think that that's why they're like, okay, uh, let's just get rid of a headache. We don't need the direwolves. We're barely doing them anyway. What they should have really done with the direwolves was never made the decision to size them up and just should have had, like, really mean wolves. And that's all they should have done. And then they wouldn't have had this problem because they could have actually had wolves on set and they wouldn't have had to fucking do the CGI shit. Yeah, well, they made, like, no effort when they showed Dawn to make it look any way impressive. No, so, so it's so they could have just been like 
All right, I guess we have to do dragons, but for the wolves, just yeah. get some. Wolves. But even the dragons are barely, you know, they're only in certain scenes, so that's like yeah. they're, 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 they show up twice a season. Yeah, so it's not like when they do them, they spend their money on them. I think the, I just think the dire wolves are bigger pains in the ass for them than anything else, so they just don't want to deal with them. Kind of like fucking uh, Sir Pounce, like they never want to have Sir Pounce again because the actors hate the fucking cats on set. So it's, I think it's one of those things where they're just like, look, this just creates a bigger problem than we need to deal with, so let's just kill them off. I, I have very good feelings about them remaining alive well into the final book uh, in the book, so I don't think that any of this stuff is going to happen. I don't think any of this stuff except for that final sequence, which I think is probably going to happen. I think um, close to what we saw in the show is going to happen in the books, but before we get to that, I think we uh, should talk about... Uh, other, yes, before we get to Bran. I other, think we should talk other, about... We saw an actual penis this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, we're going to stick to Arya. All right, I was trying to get away from her. But no, we, we did see talk an, about Arya. We did see an actual penis. That. No, and actually, I thought that the actor who played the uh, <coughs> her uh, Arya's target was really good, and um, she really sold the character. That's Essie Davis. Who? Essie Davis. She's a fantastic Australian actress. She plays Miss Fisher in Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. She was in that that recent cult horror movie, uh, The Babadook. Uh, Okay, I didn't see it, yeah. Her husband is the guy... The reason I think she's in the UK to, like, take a role like this. Her husband directed that Hamlet adaptation that won all those awards. And now he's doing... Oh, uh, okay. He and... What's his name? She's good. Are doing Assassin's Creed. She's good, though. Uh, yeah, I thought she was a really good actor, and she brought, you know, we're supposed to think that Arya kind of admires her. She's and, lovely. And she really nailed it, and I thought that that scene was the best scene uh, in Bravos, like, no doubt about it. Like, probably out of all the scenes that I've seen over there, that was probably the best scene, uh, and I thought she was terrific, and that, that just a play between the two actors, but between uh, her and the dwarf. Great it was kind effort. of like the weird Bravosi version of the Galaxy Quest yeah. room. Yep. Yep. Like... yep, totally. And I loved it, and I thought they nailed it. And this one scene reminded me more of like a season one or even season two scene than anything else that this show has been doing for the past two because seasons. Because of the nudity. No, because they, well, maybe, but because it, they slowed down for a second and allowed us yeah. to actually enjoy a scene and not fucking, they're not trying to rush through it. I think that's that's a... An issue I'm having right now with the show is how quickly they're trying to rush to it. But it's also maybe in some ways a benefit to the show because the showrunner, you know, like something's happening. Like they're getting bored or something. I don't know what's happening. But uh, it's better that they rush through it and not fucking bore us to death than fucking bore us to death and make us want to quit the show. So, you know, it's all going to end so quickly that we're not going to have time to end the show. Um, So who who do you want to – which story do you want? You know, I think – I think because we can get kind of through it sort of quickly, let's tackle Danny, even if it's out of order. Um, because uh, this played out very close to what I thought it would, but I actually thought Danny was going to take Jorah with her, that she was going to go like, you've been loyal to me and I can't fucking... And she actually said, so when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, she's going to say exactly what I predicted. But then she lets him go. Um, but her mission to him... And I, I thought it was kind of sweet, actually. It's kind of her saying, like, I mean, it's it's laughable. But it's, it's sweet, sweet, but it's also kind of mean, because you know he's going to do it. 
Exactly, but she's she's given him hope. Like I'm I'm your queen for and, purpose anyway. And you love me and so I'm gonna give you one last thing to do that will make you feel like you're doing something and not just going off to die, that you're serving your queen. But in another like she can't believe he's going to do it. Right. Like because she, she's not delusional. So I don't think that she can believe that he's going to do it. I think this was her way of saying, I love you too. And that's all that really was, is that she's going like, listen. But I do, um, you know, I did genuinely feel uh, for her too, because I think, you know, there comes a time in your life when you realize that somebody has been very loyal to you, you know, maybe a friend who's gone. And you go, oh, my God, this was, like, a really good friend to me. And I didn't realize that at the time or I took him for granted. And so I think in that moment when he's leaving and she thinks maybe this is the last time she's ever going to see him, I think that the the weight of it all, like, how loyal he has been to her, even though he did betray her once, uh, I think it begins to weigh on her. And you see it, and it's a really good acting moment for, uh, for her. So do you think this is kind of a random question? Not totally, but... With the uh, prophecy that she had, I don't think they said it in the show. But in the books, her prophecy of three, there's three this, three that. Yeah. Have, have we seen those happen? I mean, some of them, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and in fact, in that scene with the Red Priest uh, in Marine, yeah. she kind of mentions this. She is the... No, she doesn't say the prince that was promised. Because we had that yeah. other scene with John, and I think they don't want to confuse the audience, maybe, right, but they right. want to show that there are two sides. There are these two priests who think they okay, each know who it yeah. is, and we we know. And here's a here's an interesting thing, and this is going to kind of like dovetail into Bran, but it's clear the Green Seers see the truth, and the Red Priests see a version of the truth, or not all of it. Yeah, so what does that mean? Does that mean that maybe the Red Priests are serving a false god and that the Green Seers are serving nature? I think maybe that's... Now, I know that George R. R. Martin doesn't really want to get into allegories. He doesn't want to get like bogged down in people thinking that he's making allegories. But it's very difficult to not see that because that's kind of what uh, Tolkien was doing. He was creating... Uh, a, I don't know what you want to call it, a quasi-allegory about nature and machines. Yeah. And, you know, George has been, has done a really great job of subverting that in a sense, but still using that, you know, using it to forward his story, but then giving us a twist on it. And I wonder if that could be it, that the, that we're going to see, we're going to focus on the Red Priests only to realize that they've been serving evil all this time. And we kind of, in the books at least, you get a sense of that because the people who are brought back, you know, they keep losing parts of themselves. And when Lady Stoneheart is brought back, she is just pure fucking evil. And and these servants of the Red God are her followers. And you're kind of like, dude, if you keep following people who are losing pieces of themselves, it doesn't sound like you're serving the, you know, the good side. It sounds like you're yeah. serving evil. I don't so know I wonder, that they're that concerned with good, though, are they? Well, I'm saying uh, in the traditional sense of it. I right. No, I think that, like, the Brotherhood Without Banners is supposed to be basically serving uh, King Robert. And in essence, they're serving Ned Stark's Last Order. But by the time Lady Stoneheart takes over, they are only serving her purpose, which is to kill Freys and anyone who betrayed 
uh, Rob at the Red Wedding. And right. I think we're going to get that maybe with Brienne this season or something. But we'll see. We I, we don't really know how they're gonna how they're gonna meld that into the um, yeah into the show. But I and you know that's I mean we kind of start to see that now that she's being sent uh, to the Riverlands. Brienne yeah. is being sent there, and you know and those priestesses are creepy though. Like, why do you know all this about me? Yeah, and you know in the books I think it's definitely suggested that they are all like hucksters like that they know it because they all talked amongst themselves and they found out a someone story. heard and they, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and there's some really good like so she knows about Tyrion because that other lady told her exactly so they all speak to each other and they kind of have a network you know they, they like have a facebook birds. they're each other's little birds yeah they, well they have that necklace and i think it's like a facebook you know and it just sends like it tweets tweets out shit, you know, and it gives them, like, a glamour, so they look pretty, but then it also tweets out, like, information. I think that's probably what that little gem around their neck does. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but I thought she was really, it was really interesting scene because she is, she's mentioned two things that, obviously, those two guys think no one else should really know, uh, and it's a, it's an interesting scene because you see both are surprised by what she says. Mm-hmm. And she kind of says for the audience, Danny is obviously the prince uh, or the the one who was promised or whatever wording she used. She doesn't say prince. Yeah. Uh, and I think that what that really means is anyone who is called the prince that was promised is not. And that's at least how we take it in the books. And I don't think John is ever called that in the books. And but everyone else practically is at some point, and only John isn't. So I don't know if the show is actually tagging him with what, Prince. But that was she promised. called him something in the other Prince episode. that was promised. She did. She called him that in the she show. Said, she said Stannis was supposed to be the prince that was promised, but you know he's gone, so someone has to be. And she looks right at John when she said no. She when they're on the they're outside, and she's like, "I'll follow Jon Snow." And oh yeah, like, yeah. She well, says he that was, conversation. Yeah, I she think calls him something. I, I think she says he's the prince that was promised. I think she's or something like that. So that rule may not hold fast for the show. No, I think the show is doing the opposite. I think they haven't said it about Daenerys. They said she is the one who was promised, or you know, but they didn't call her the prince that was promised. So, or maybe they are not calling her a prince that was promised because you know the show is written by sexists who uh, don't want to confuse, and they need to add princess. Yeah, promise. maybe they're just trying to be... As- yeah, I think that's probably what it is. They're trying to avoid that, which is something that I'm just like, guys, come on, you can say prince that was promised. You know, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Why can't they both be? Yeah. Both well, right? no, that they're, they might be, and that's the thing, because we're seeing they've both been resurrected, as, in, in essence, uh, and, you know, all these they've things... They've both been betrayed. They've both... Yeah. Yeah. So all these things, they both lost their loves, so yes. they could both be... And the only thing that, you know, and this is a book theory, and I'm going to mention this only because it hasn't happened in the show and it hasn't happened in the books yet, so I can mention this, and it won't be a spoiler for anyone, but there are theories that in the books, uh, Melisandre maybe sacrifices... Uh, what's her face? Um, Stannis' daughter. How come I can't think Shireen. of her name? Shireen, thank you. Uh, sacrifices her to bring John back, and that John executes her with his sword, and that turns his sword into Lightbringer. Uh, 
So, like, you know, by because that's part of the prophecy is that... Uh, right, but most people on the internet are like, he'll kill Danny and that's how it'll turn. And I'm like, yeah, oh, no, that's no, kind no, of no. That makes, weird. That, yeah, that's weird. But no, I think maybe he'll use the sword to execute her and that's when it becomes Lightbringer. But I don't know if they're even going to do that because they didn't make Dawn in that episode with, uh, you know, the, the Sword of the Morning. I mean, they imply they put a little thing on it. Yeah, but it's not Dawn. I mean, in the books, clearly Dawn is like a fucking a weird magical sword. Yeah, it's like a comic sword. So they could have uh, at least made it white. I really, you know what? I agree. Like, I understand. That take much. I understand why they don't do that because they're trying to keep it a little bit more grounded. But you could have still done that. You could have made it so they could have. It's not like they had to make it like rainbow colored or something. Yeah, just make it like white or bright or like super shiny or something. There are weird choices that they made over the years of what not to do. (laughs) That's just one of them. That's just one of those things you're like, guys, you like really. It also looked weirdly similar to the other sword he was holding. So yeah, yeah, and I think there's a great bit of confusion too with Ned's sword because people. I mean, I know people who have read the books and watched the show probably a hundred times, and they didn't realize uh, until that episode that Ned uses uh, two swords, and it's his fighting sword, and then there's the fucking, the great sword that they fucking, uh, the Valerian Steel Sword. It's gigantic. Yeah, and I think people thought he was fighting with that, and people were like, oh, that makes no sense, why is he fighting... <clears throat> with ice, it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, it's not. That's his fighting sword. He fought fucking he fought with Jamie ice Lannister. And he like two swings in, and he'd oh, be yeah. exhausted. I think people don't realize a lot, and I understand this. The, especially the first few seasons are very dense with information. I think maybe that's why they're streamlining it now so much because it's it's gotten so dense that people can barely follow. Like even people like me read the books five times and fucking listened to the books on audiobook like three times and. Or whatever. I can't. I'm not even sure how many times I've listened to it now, and I'm reading them again right now, uh, and watched the show countless times. Even I sometimes go, "What's the name of Stannis' daughter?" Because I just did. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so I thought that was a really interesting conversation. It's just setting up that the Red Priests are is, in Marine. I, yeah, I do get since the High Sparrow. I do get worried when politics tries to mix it up with religion. <laughs> And we're going to get a lot of the fucking Sparrow next week. But, uh, oh, but I did think, uh, you know, just to touch on this, we're going to get Blackfish eventually again. And I fucking love the Blackfish, even though he's very different from the Blackfish in the book. Um, you know, he was very disrespectful to the air <laughs> in the show. You're just like, mm-hmm. the real Blackfish wouldn't do that. But... I I love the actor who played him, and so if he's coming back and they're gonna give him the scenes that are from the books, because you know, uh, slight spoiler warning, you know, Jamie and the Blackfish will meet, and if they do that from the books, that is, uh, I can't wait for that. That would be amazing. I I just feel like there's not enough episodes for all this. <laughs> Because the speed that they're going at, like, some of those scenes are just going to get, they're just going to be like, well, the Blackfish is over there. He's not even in the show. They're just going to say he's in the castle or something like that. Um, but, so, yeah, yeah, we don't need to really talk about Marine too much, I think. I think uh, all that stuff is pretty much taken care of. But I did think the uh, John and Sansa stuff is interesting only because, and you had brought it up earlier, but 
and, and they mentioned it kind of on the show, but John is kind of playing second fiddle to Sansa, right? Because mm-hmm. Sansa is going to go and talk to these, you know, these potential allies because she is the Stark, but they're going to pledge their loyalty to John. Yes. And that's a very, like, there's no way that George is doing that in the books. It just doesn't make any, make any sense. Like, there has to be something else. There has to be a reason for them to be doing this like this on the show, and I wonder if it's because they're going to run into Bran. Is that possible? Could they, could Bran be at this big fucking battle? Um. Or is he going to be dealing with the White Walkers? Is that... He uh, might be after. I don't th- I don't think he'll be there, no. Yeah, because I'm just wondering, like, why are they... I don't, to, to be honest, these... I don't even know who the fuck Bran is. We were watching it, and I was like, I don't know the geography of this place at all. I was oh, like, God. they're really far north, right? The yeah, Night's King got there really fast. Oh, yeah, where Bran and them are. Yeah, <laughs> well, I actually... There's somebody had... Uh, I saw it while we were watching... While I was watching the episode. Uh, somebody tweeted something that maybe they were there like they were right there they just didn't know where they were they were always searching for them that's oh, why the army yeah. was right there maybe. so so that's why it was they were so close and they were able to like they sensed him so in the way they did because they were actually already pretty close but we've seen this before like the teleportation on this show is amazing uh it's better than star trek little fingers got a secret yeah, yeah. It took him six months to get the fucking, uh, the veil, but it took him five minutes to fucking get all the way to, uh, you know, to right next to Castle Black. So, yeah. I don't fucking know. Uh, but I don't, I, I try not to worry too much about that, even though it's silly. Yeah. Um. No, I, I, I stopped worrying about time on shows like this a long time ago. Because it'll yeah. just give you a headache. <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, oh, and I, I thought it was really the moment, I mean, okay, first... We have to touch on this. I, you know, I hate to get into these r- ridiculous, cliched things, but this is kind of adorable. Uh, t- uh, Tormund's um, fucking crush on Brienne, in that he <laughs> he has this sheepish grin when she's sitting next to him, and he's just like, eh, and she makes a comment about that weird fucking redheaded yeah. bearded guy. Like, dude, I. I gotta say, it's as entertaining as, you know, people find it. I'm on Team Brienne. He probably smells like shit. Oh, I agree. And he's looking at her like he's gonna fucking cannibalize her. If I were her, I'd be like, oh my god. I think he's never had a crush on a woman in his entire life. And she's never known anyone who have a crush on her. She has no idea what that even is. She's just like, oh god. Yeah, because I think in the books at least is implied and i think maybe a little bit on the show but i think jamie is in love with her and yeah. but like truly in love with her like you know because she's a beast in the books and so i think maybe this is kind of part of that storyline and it would be funny because i think they're going to bring jamie into her world somehow back to sansa or something mm-hmm. um it would be funny if there's like a show showdown between Jamie and and fucking Tormund where they're just like, you know, I don't know, they're like fighting over her. Even though it would be so fucking. But here's the problem. Bad, but how do you choose between a probably smelly, crazy-looking <laughs> wildling who's fucked a bear yeah. and 
Jamie Lannister who fucked his own sister. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. You put it that way. Well, okay. So I'm gonna say that. What's the a girl to fucking, do? Become bear... a knight and <laughs> drop them both. <laughs> the bear fucking is probably a lie. He's probably a big storyteller. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I don't know. I'm not a girl, so I I don't know. You know, and I'm not uh, I'm not gay, so I can't tell if he either one of them is all that attractive. That physically, they're I mean, they're both cute because we know Tormund. Is yeah. Like. And he probably has. He's a penis. in those like Geico penis. commercials. Probably has a huge penis too, or he has a tiny one. Could be lying oh. about that. You never he, know. Oh my god, he might have a tiny one because uh, I don't think. I mean, uh, his name, his stories about bear fucking. He could yeah. be totally full of it. You know, and there must be a reason why Jamie gets a lot of ass from his sister. Like he must be really good. So you know what, Jamie, Jamie Lannister, even with his one hand, he must be really good in bed. That's who I go for. If I'm Brienne. <laughs> if I'm Brienne, I'd be like, I'm not touching either of you with a 10-foot pole. I think as that's good-looking as Jamie yeah. is, I can't. I would love that if that's how they play it. And I, I think it would be awesome if two guys are in love with her and she's just like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Like, no fucking way. I'm not going for either one of you. I think that would be more realistic Both anyway. really nice, but... <laughs> yeah. Or or if she like falls for like Podrick or something, that would be great. No, I'm shipping Podrick with Sansa for absolutely no reason. Aw. You know what though? He would be the best husband ever. He'd be a nice boyfriend. He would be so amazing. He'd be like that guy on the uh modern family, the one who ended up dating the hot sister. Uh well, technically the hot sister is the one who's not supposed to be hot, but whatever. The one who's, like, <laughs> stupid but really entertaining. Yeah, the one who's really st- stupid and entertaining. She's the hot sister on the show, even though we know that in rea- real life the other actor is much hotter. Um, she, she's 18 now, right? I can say that? Is that all right? I do Oh, nope. She's not that hot, guys. I, I apologize. Um, it's still weird, okay, for an old man like me to be talking about that. So, in, a, in any event... Um, but yeah, going from that, be, he'd be such a nice. He would be boyfriend, and he's such a I don't know. He's such a sweet character, and I hope they never kill him. I think I hope they just leave him alive. You know, because yeah. in the books he's like five. He's like five years old or something. So it would be weird. <laughs> anyway. uh, oh, and I really thought another like kind of cute moment in this episode was Dollar is Ed realizing he's kind of de facto Lord Commander. Yeah, and he's like, "What are you talking about? I'm not Lord." Oh. Yeah. I am Lord Commander. Uh, yeah. Close the gates. <laughs> so cool, because I do... That's something like... Uh, I don't know. I, I've just found it really sweet. Like, a really sweet moment. Um, and, you know, the last really sweet moment of the episode. I think that everything that happens with Bran... And I think it's really important because of all the things that happen there... But first of all, we, you and I talked about this last night, and we were pretty close mm-hmm. on exactly how this, ep- this whole thing was going to go down. Uh, and obviously, you know, if you read the books, you've probably theorized about this already, but pretty much it, either all this is actually going to happen in the books or D&D are just writing what they think is going to happen based on, you know, what the books have kind of suggested. For one, that the uh, children created the others, so the White Walkers, mm-hmm. um, out of necessity because they were fighting men. Mm-hmm. And that's always been kind of a theory anyway, and it was a belief 
uh, with serious book reading. You know, there are other, like, fucking nutty theorists who think other things. But yeah. I think this is pretty much something that everyone always believed. Uh, the hold the door thing that we get to at the end has been my theory for a long time, only because it was the only thing that sounded like Hodor to me. And then I started looking it up, and I was actually surprised by how few people held that same theory. But you know what most people thought the hold the door was for? They thought it was for the Tower of Joy. Oh. And I didn't. I was like, no way. There's no way that's going to play out. It has to be somewhere where Hodor is. But this is, is much more complicated. Yeah, and this is more complicated, and and it's a it's a logical paradox. Now there are you can find illogical paradoxes all throughout, like in Terminator and all these fucking movies, where it doesn't make sense because you can make a change. This is actually a logical paradox. It's very similar to the paradox, uh, and we're not going to spoil it, but you'll know what I'm talking about. There is a uh, major moment in Law season five where there's a logical paradox, where a character realizes that this was always going to happen. And, and Lost had a, uh, a saying, which was, whatever happened, happened. And it's clear that George R. R. Martin believes the same, and D&D the same, which is, you can't change it. Like, it always happened. Now, is it a paradox because it only happens because you did this thing? Yes, but that's actually scientifically uh, accurate. That, that can happen. Yeah. But... Provided it always happens, that you can never So let's explain it. what we're talking about here. So the idea that Hodor became Hodor because he saved Bran yeah. in this moment in that cave, that turned him years ago into Hodor. Because also in that moment, Bran was observing him. And a, warged into him. And warged into him. Now, I think it's going to be a little bit different in the books, and I think it was only done this way to kind of, I think because editing-wise, I think it may have been done differently at some point, and they changed it because maybe they felt like there would have been a little bit of confusion for general mm-hmm. audiences. I do think that when he wargs into Hodor, and maybe at some point he also warged into Hodor in past time and present mm-hmm. time. Yes. And I think maybe they changed it at some point so that but I think in the books that's exactly how it's gonna play out. And that No, his he eyes turned white for a second. In but the... I'm saying I think he accidentally wargs into both. Yeah. And that's and he creates like a link between the two. And, and so he just so. sort of has a brain melt and Yeah, because a lot of things are happening. Because he's basically in two worlds at the he's same in time. In two worlds, he's seeing Bran there. He's like seeing himself, Hodor, yeah. or Will, Willis, or whatever he calls yeah. him. In there. So he he sort of had like a almost yeah. like a seizure, and and right, and a lot of things are happening in that moment. And so I think that, but in any event, I know some people will sit there and say, "Well, that's a paradox, and that is a bad thing." No, a paradox is not a bad thing. Only an illogical paradox when you can't when if he could have changed something, that's an illogical paradox. That's doesn't make any sense. You can't go back in time and change something. And so, but yeah, it, he it didn't. Always he didn't stop way. Hodor from becoming Hodor. No. And so, I think at this point, he's going to realize, oh my God, I can affect change. And there is something from the books when uh, Ned Stark is having his little fever dream uh, about uh, what happens in the Tower of Joy, and he says that he lost time, like he lost, like he doesn't know exactly what happened. And from that, people have posited that uh, 
that may be when Brand Brand may kind of go in his mind or say something that kind of interrupts uh, a memory. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's possible that Bran will know what Ned, maybe even Ned doesn't know, but Jojen Reed, I mean, uh, Jojen Reed, um, Jojen Reed, uh, Howland Reed may know. And I think Howland Reed may come back into play. I think that's why, you know, I mean. He's been living in a hidden floating castle. And maybe because he's holding on to the greatest secret of all, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think maybe. The reason that that Sansa and uh, John are going on this little trek together is because they're gonna make. I mean, it's possible, no, but I think they might re- run into Howland Reed at some point, and that he might be the one to tell them. As we see, Bran, you know, doing his little fucking, um, you know, time travel bit. I think they might, because pretty sure it's gonna happen in the finale that we're gonna find out that John is. Yeah. Uh, Who's who's his mother and father are? Thinking about the end of the episode, now I'm really annoyed they killed Summer because they could have lashed him to the sled and been like, Ugh. pull it. So sad, man. And you know, it's gonna be really a big That'd bummer. Been hilarious. You know what's gonna be a really big bummer though, if uh, Hodor is not dead. Mm. And, because I would say if they do that, they just robbed the character of a great moment if he comes back and he's still alive. Like, if right, he's like, yeah. hold on, I come back. I really think that that's, that would be a bad decision on their part. I think they should let Hodor stay dead because it was such a, uh, like, it's such a great, like, you know, the Red Wedding well, was really yep. heartbreaking, but I think because Hodor is such a sweet, like, you know, yeah. giant character, that his death is probably for well, a lot of people the most affecting uh, death uh, yeah, so far. and it's kind of like uh, it. It was in a way, it's almost important that he he had become Hodor for yeah. that moment, because otherwise he might not have stayed right. there. Right, and it's and so brave door. because Hodor then has always known this was coming. Yeah, and he's done all this knowing. Whereas in Lost, a character does something a very similar journey, but doesn't know, and so there death is sad in a pathetic way where because they've been used mm-hmm. but in this instance no one but Hodor knew it was coming and he was gonna do the one thing that he could do yeah hold the door and hold that was the door oh uh, you're gonna make me cry oh my god I was getting emotional because if he hadn't you know become Hodor Willis or uh or he might have he might have been like oh fuck this like yeah. I'm getting torn apart by skeletons. It's almost like, and you have to imagine, like, what was going through Hodor's mind? Run, up, Bran, run. <laughs> going up to all this because, I, you know, and I wonder, yeah. I haven't seen the behind-the-scenes thing that they do after every episode, and now until I can watch on HBO Go. But uh, I want to see what they say about that because I wonder if they're saying that Hodor... Knew in that moment he kind of freezes for a second. He doesn't do what he's told to do immediately, because he's he's realizing what's about to happen because he's seen this in his mind before. Uh, God, man, what a great scene! What a great way to go out too. Like I think for an actor to know that you were that important to the plot, you yeah. know. And, and I think there's a lot of people though that are not gonna get it. Yeah, 
I mean, even though they said Hodor five million times at the end, which is way too many, I thought. But I still think people... The paradox part. I think people are not going to get... They're going to well, go, people are gonna think, Yeah, they're going to think it's Because my first reaction before I thought about it at all was like, why is he taking him to this memory? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, because he knows this day yeah. is happening too. The three-eyed raven knows when he's going to die. Yeah. And he knows it's today. It's just like Jojen. Jojen knew he was going to die, and he still yeah. did. Like, these are all, all, all individuals doing their duty, and they know that there's nothing they can do. That time is always, like he says, I've been waiting for you. And Yeah, but yeah, but they, they understand that there's nothing they can do. Yeah. But remember, there's a scene from season two, I think, where Jojen says, the raven is you. And a lot of people have suggested that there's going to be a very important scene that we're going to revisit from season one where uh, Ned Stark looks up in the sky right before he has his head cut off and he sees a bird flying and it's going to be Bran. And then maybe Bran has been, is going around observing his family and himself mm. and all that as the three-eyed raven. Uh, and just the fact that this this is one of the great things about having these books and having George involved so heavily as he was, especially early on, and that they actually revered the books when they started making this, is that unlike other shows where they do have to kind of make it up as they're going and kind of, you know, yeah. retcon things, this a lot of this stuff has been planned for years. And you can feel it. So in that moment where he's hodoring, it feels earned. It doesn't feel disingenuous like it might on another show where you're like, oh, God. I wonder like when in the writer's meeting they came up with this one. Whereas yeah. I think George came up with that one a long fucking time ago. Like maybe during book one or two, he already knew exactly yeah. what he was going to do with that. Uh, and he's really good. And, and he's he often says that, no, 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 I make it up as I go. I, you know, I just make a lot of effort. If he's really... If that's what he's doing and he's not just telling us that to, to make him, I don't know, I don't know why he would tell us that, but then he is one of the most amazing uh, storytellers of our time, of any time, because he's able to retcon things in ways that make perfect sense. <laughs> I think it's interesting uh, with Hodor, like Bran, last episode, would like talk to him. He's like, Hodor, you could talk. What happened? Yeah. Blah, blah. And it's like, he can't oh fucking answer you. Now did you say that? I want to go make a fucking fan video. <laughs> no, but it's funny. This episode, uh, Mira Reed was like, I can't wait to get out of here and not eat grass. Oh, right? And she's like, would, oh, she likes bacon. Yeah. And like, he could respond to her. He would be like, Hodor, Hodor. You know? Yeah. And they like had a conversation, but Bran's yeah. just like, Hodor, what happened to you? And it's like, he can't fucking tell you. Yeah. And and also the fact that she's having that conversation about all the things you're gonna do when they go out there, and yet he's never gonna go out there. Again. He's never gonna have a rasher of bacon again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to me, Hodor dying is like Samwise Gamgee dying in Lord of the Rings or something. Like it was yeah. just so sad. Like you're just like, oh, or or it's like Dobby. dying. Yeah. Or do- Oh my. Yeah. That's that's exactly. This is the Dobby moment. Yep. Oh, uh, that is so. Uh, that is a great moment too. Um, so, yeah, so we get to that scene, and I really think that they nailed it. Obviously, I thought they could have done it a little bit differently with... I just don't know where she's going now. 
Yeah, so that's that's going to be interesting. Like, and I think that we probably won't I forgot see to it her for time travel time. portal. Yeah, <laughs> to to the uh, well, she probably called up to Captain Kirk to their speed racer. Yeah, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, 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 or or you know, they plugged into the Matrix, you know, whatever. And yeah, so they I don't know. The I don't a lot nice. of that kind of stuff doesn't make much sense in the show. A lot of this stuff, uh, if you think too hard about it, you realize, oh, yeah, they're streamlining too much because this is not the kind of way that George will do it. I just but- wish they'd added something, like, to the end to make it seem like that defense of the door was a little bit more permanent so they could get away. Yeah, yeah I... Um- it's not like a rock falling and it closes the, something. I agree. I think that but, you know, who knows? Like, And that's why I kind of worry that Hodor is not dead. <laughs> because even though I should want him to be alive, I kind of feel like, and then we're going to come back and Hodor is going to be, and they're going to be like, Hodor, you made it! Or something like that. Like, I hope not, though, because it was such a great moment for him. Was um, there other there's, was there other deaths? Uh... Anybody else die in this episode? I don't think so. Euron almost was drowned, because that's a stupid ritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's, and again, another cliche moment, you know. He's like, <gasps> and they did the same thing to John, and oh, it's so fucking cliche. Come on, God. D&D, why? And how many times are Dan and Dave going to write, uh, David and Dan, sorry, that's how you're supposed to say it. How many times are David and Dan going to write the exact same fucking line? Whoever said it was a he. How many times have they used? They used that line like 20 times already this season. I never said they it have? was a he. Yes, yeah, so anything like that. Like, whoever said it was a she or whoever said it was a he. Or I never said it was a he. They've used that so many times on this show. Oh, I don't remember. And it's such a fucking cliche. Please stop writing that shit, you fucking... Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm losing it. I had a cold, okay? I haven't had Wait, a cold in like five years. Wait, they said that during the Greyjoy part? No, uh, Tyrion said it. Uh, oh, okay. Whoever said it was a he. Oh, right. And they said it again earlier this season. It's, so how many it's so ships weird. did she get away with? Because he's like, 90, build, me, build me a thousand ships. Know. And I was I like, know. Jesus. A lot of ships. A lot of ships, though. It's a, probably exactly as many ships as were burned in Marine. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Uh, I did like that, though. They were, like, fucking out of there. Like, she lost the King's Moot, and she was like, we gotta book yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Because usually on shows, there's, like, a period, right? And in this one, they were like, ah, we gotta get the fuck out of here. There's so like, much thank of that. You. You there's do so much of read. that that's in the books that is so different. And I know that there are people who hate the King's Moot. I really, I mean, there are people who just hate the fucking Greyjoy storyline because they're like, I don't see where this is going. I think that's because they don't appreciate what George is doing. And he he does his, like, lying in wait kind of thing with these characters where you're just like, I don't even know. Why are we following this character? Like, it doesn't fucking, why are they interesting? I want to go back to John. Like, and that's how you feel, like, the first time you're reading this shit. Or I want to go back to Danny or whatever it is, right? I mean, said no one ever except for a few people. But, uh, and... Everyone loves her. Oh, God. And, uh... Everybody, all great, all the people around her are fucking in love with her. That's why I don't, that's why I don't find her chapters interesting. Uh, on the show, I actually like her more than I do in the books. Well, in the book, she's a little... Yeah, and also, she's like a kid, and, I don't know, it's just weird. 
But uh, and uh, and her fucking love for Dario God, is so yeah. weird it's in the book. Very so weird, like it doesn't even make any sense because Dario is so weird in the books. Uh, and she marries a guy with like a, a zombie penis, and oh, it's so weird. Um, but uh, and that's not what even she that. said. Yeah, and not even that. But it's just like she's actually really whiny in the books. Um, she looked weirdly tan in this episode. Yeah, she did. She looked really tan. Uh, I noticed that too. I was like, "That's <laughs> what happened." Different. She looks really different. She doesn't look like Danny anymore. It's the ashes of those dusty <coughs> cows. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, it's her Targaryen magic skin. Okay, so you know what? So let's talk about the rest of the season here. Uh, we're an hour in. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the season because. Here's what I feel, and I kind of touched on it, you know, how cliche and how quickly they're moving through it. But And everyone, every podcast has really touched on it, at least the podcasts who know anything about the books. But the Targaryen thing about being, you know, like, you can't burn a Targaryen and all that. Like, that's so silly. And I, I would like for them to have explained it more, like, saying, like, oh, it's a sacrifice thing or something. Like, it actually has a greater meaning than Targaryens just have mag- magic skin. Cause Not no all Targaryens, to, her. No one is, but why? Why didn't any other Targaryen have this power? Because she's the one that was promised. But that that makes her too special. Like, then it becomes, like, Lord of the Rings. It doesn't become, like, mm-hmm. A Song of Ice and Fire where, like, everyone is killable Everyone can die. Oh, you can kill her. Just go up and stab her in the neck. But, like, think about it. She's standing inside a structure that's fucking coming down and nothing, no beam falls on her and kills her. Like, come on. No, it didn't. Okay? It's so silly. It's so silly. None of this stuff makes any sense. Now, fine. I will will eat it. I will eat the bullshit because I will for the next two seasons anyway. Um, And we'll go with a silly way to... You know, David and Dan are writing this show now. He um, apparently does not think... They don't think it was a one-time thing. Well, uh, then George... Uh, well, also, I look back on that George quote, and he said it a really long time ago, number one. And number two, he didn't he, say her name specifically. He didn't say that a really long time ago. He said it several years ago again, where he mentioned the fact that, you know, they he was asked to clarify, and he did say... It was a one-time thing. It doesn't mean it couldn't happen again. Well, never it's said not it on the show. Happen again. On the show, you cannot set her on fire and kill her. You can't burn her or anything like that. And it's silly. That's all I'm saying. It's silly. No one should have that kind of power on the show. It's, it's just dumb. And it, it's, it's almost deus ex machina. Like, it's almost deus ex. It's right on the edge of it. Where, like, she always has a get-out-of-jail-free card. I don't like it, man. I'm not Until a fan. she gets to, like, north of Westeros and it's fucking freezing, and then she can't set anybody on fire. <laughs> yeah, what, what happens then when she's fucking in the cold? Uh, exactly. So, Maybe she'll die. I Well, I think she's going to die, but uh, I don't think that... I don't think any of these prophecies mean anything, and I think that's one of the things... You don't things. think she's going to die from the cold? No, I think she's going to fucking go down on a dragon or something not go down on a dragon she's going to die while riding a dragon i think that's what's gonna happen i think she may go the way many of her ancestors went uh falling and it would be really interesting if they introduced something like that and that would be really cool if they could use bran for that down the line where he can maybe see something that happened to the targaryens and we would actually get like a flashback 
to uh, you know Dance of Dragons or something like that. Like, yeah, because the Dance the of weird, the Dragons. The weird thing about the show that you forget a lot, which I liked Danny's scene last week, because it reminds you that there's this there's a bigger thing going on. Yeah. Other than these people like fighting with each other, and. I totally lost my train of thought. What did you say right before? Uh, about her ancestors. Oh yeah, you oh, like, yeah, never okay. are reminded that she's literally the only one left. Like that's it. Well, her and oh okay, uh, he's not real. <laughs> um, no, he is. He, no, oh, you're talking about. Well, yeah, that character's not even in the show, so you know he made. So, like, they're like a dead, and they are a breed because they rarely interbreed. <laughs> um. So they're like almost de- almost dead, and it, it it is nice also to hear that some people in Westeros are actually bringing her up because I would think yeah. someone who you kicked out of oh, your that's country a really good fairly point. recently yeah. and who has three fucking dragons that might be a point of discussion. That's actually a great point, and I actually love that also in the books when the Greyjoys start talking about you know, or where Euron is basically talking about going to Danny. Uh, I I love that point because it's like yeah obviously everyone should be fucking trying to like make you know be an ally with her and in the books everyone wants to be her ally like except for you know like King's Landing and shit like that but okay. everyone is like I mean the, that's what the Dorn plot is all about Danny you know and the Greyjoy plot is all about fucking Danny these people are not stupid it's like fucking King's Landing who have fucking their head in the sand. Mm-hmm. And and the Northerners have their head in the snow, so and so that's so true. And also, you, if you look at it uh, from this perspective, the children and the others and the Targaryens are all basically close to being wiped out, and they're fighting for their lives and yeah. their an- ancestral, uh, you know, or their ancestors and their and their maybe in their ancestral homes and all that shit. So. Yeah, they're all about to be wiped out, and you could say that, you know, they're basically going up against, and that's, I could see George doing this, where we end up having Danny fighting John or fighting the Starks or something like that, uh, and then maybe even having to, you know, change sides at some point and fighting someone else. And we don't even know what, like, how that's going to play out. That's something that's really interesting in the books, and still the show hasn't shown its hand yet, but it kind of looks like we're just dealing with the evil White Walkers and everyone else is, you know, whatever, like, head in the sand kind of thing until they come across the wall. But what if they're the good guys, the quote-unquote the good guys? Like, all they're trying to do is just not fucking die off. And they were created. They didn't ask to be created. And, you know, they used to be men. They probably weren't created with any emotional spectrum either. On right. purpose. And they were just supposed to be weapons, and they became yeah. far more than that. And so, I mean, you can kind of start to look at the children as being the villains, if you look at it that way. And that Bran is now, like, the leader of the villains, <laughs> without meaning to be, which is very interesting, you know? It's the Dread Pirate Roberts I wouldn't. I would thing. say villains. It's more like people continually push to the edge, push to a corner. Right. Well, I'm, I'm just And then they to just of, sort of, like... Are trying, yeah. I know. I'm trying mean. to think of it like an cliche kind of villain, good versus evil kind of thing, because that's D and D seemed to be 
kind of aiming us in that direction. But it would be interesting if they're also respecting what George is doing and are going to flip it on its head a little bit. Uh, and I, you know, and I, I just made the comparison between uh, Bran and the Dread Pirate Roberts, which you know, in uh, The Princess Bride, the Dread Pirate Roberts is the, like this bad guy, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But we find out that our hero is the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. And he only took it because he had to. Like he was like he didn't have a choice. It was his way to survive. And then eventually he gave it off to someone else. And we kind of saw that today where the uh, Blood Raven or whatever he is on the show, because we don't even know if he's Blood Raven, uh, is kind of like, you're going to become me now. And it's the Dread Pirate Roberts moment. He's given what yeah. he, you know, what he wasn't expecting to have. It's also interesting that these races can't, uh, like, procreate. Like, Danny can't have children. Yeah. I don't That's think true. the children of the forest can make. I don't know how that I works. I don't know how that works. I'm there doesn't sure. seem to be many, and the White Walkers can't. Yeah, well, they can only make more. They can but convert. A, but apparently, there's some sort of limit to that. Uh, it was with Crasters, at least in the book and so far the show. Uh, we don't know where that's going, and it may be by killing Crasters. Um, so now maybe they force Danny their hand. Side with the White Walkers. Exactly. So. What if the white here's here's a theory that's out there kind of but what if the white walkers are all of a bloodline a very ancient bloodline that may trace all the way back to you know the Starks or something like that uh, and that John would then become their leader or something and maybe if he's half Targaryen half Stark like I don't know, there's some weird shit that could happen down the line, but because the show move is moving so quickly, these things seem much more likely in the books than in the show because the show feels like it's going to start to like just shrink the story down to these yeah. very specific points, and I think that by the end of the season we're going to know exactly what those points are, and yeah. I think it may just end up being, you know, John and Sansa take back Winterfell, and right as they take back Winterfell. Because what was the last thing John said to fucking Dollar Zed? Don't bring the wall down before I get back. Oh, there, yeah. There are no fucking lines like that uttered on this show without any meaning. That wall is coming down by the end of this season. Garen fucking teed. By the end of this season? By the end of this season. It's going to be the last fucking thing we're going to see. That John's a Targaryen and then the wall is going to fucking come down. I'm telling you, there's no way they dropped that fucking line in there for no reason whatsoever. That's my big prediction right hmm. now. I, others have made this prediction, so it's not like this is my first prediction. But I did make the hold the door prediction last week on Reddit and um, and proven right about that. So, you know, I'm, there have been other predictions that I made that didn't turn out to be true. That was off a little bit, but I feel like... You're wrong because- about when he thought John was coming back. Yeah, I I was really... But I also didn't know that they were going to move the story this quickly. You know, like, now that I know that, now I feel like, okay, I, I get what these guys are doing. They're going to fucking move everything quickly. By the way, that was probably smart because so many characters this season came back on other shows that to fucking drag it out would have been a really big mistake. And they decided this long before the whole fucking Walking Dead and the Viking shit, all this shit, like where characters are coming back where who are supposed to be dead. Uh, they made this decision before those shows were probably even shot. And so it was really lucky for them, really fortunate that they decided to not drag out uh, John's resurrection because that would have been 
Wait, who painful. the fuck came back on Vikings? Well, I don't want to start fucking spoiling Vikings, okay? No, 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 no. What? I'm not going to edit this, so we'll talk about it when... you See, you already... Because you, you kept watching the show and I quit the show. I remember this because I quit right around this point where this character is supposed to be dead. Okay. Or at least appeared to be dead and then is. Um, <clears throat> it's one of the main characters. Is it my boyfriend? Yeah. So, oh, uh, oh. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, when you do that, you're always, every time, like, the lead character on a show, the one everyone loves, you know, oh, he's dead. No, he's not dead. Uh, that's just, you know, it's because it's becoming a tired bit right now. <laughs> yeah, but John still, like, died, died. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And, you know, but the way he was brought back was really, like, to me, really lame the way they did. Although I did think that... It was like a happy ending massage. Yeah, and <laughs> that's exactly what it was. And I did, I actually, I will applaud them for, for a second, I went... Wait a minute, it's not going to work? But then the second, the fucking... This is like knowing too much about the way that scenes are set up and edited and shot. The second they went on his wolf, I was like, oh, okay, he's fucking... Come on, why would they even do that? Why would they even do that? And to me, uh, the fact that they played it out like this, uh, it just seems really disingenuous now because... Disingenuous because you... You should have then just done the whole warging bit that a lot of people thought he did in the books. They should have just ended the season on his eyes going white. And then people would have been like, oh, what's going to happen? You would have had the exact same conversation as people had. Like, when is Jon Snow going to come back? No one was fooled by it. So I think it would have been really cool if they would have actually done the warging bit that we think happens in the books where he Mm. walks into a ghost. Uh, I actually think that they should have done that. And uh, and I just feel like that whole scene would have played a lot cooler if that would have been the case. Because then when they go to Ghost, all of a sudden everyone knows. They're like, yes, this is going to happen. They already knew. So, um, and, and I think like this whole season has been interesting from just the, the pacing aspect of it. I think that they've done a really good job uh, getting so much into these first five episodes, even if I think that they should be slowing down. Uh, but the fact that even when they're moving this quickly, I am bored to tears by Arya's story says a lot about how much I think they butchered that whole fucking thing. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. But I think that we may be starting to see... Uh, I think once he gets out... I think we'll have a very interesting Arya, and I really, I don't think that Arya cooped up is an interesting Arya uh, for well, showbiz. They could have started this storyline, like, episode two. Yeah. Where yeah. She, they send her on a mission. Like, we didn't need to see her getting shit kicked out of her. I agree. I really think that that could have all happened. Uh, well, no, I think the, the problem maybe they ran into is that because they were going to bring John back so quickly that they couldn't do, like, a time jump. A time skip. and But I think that would have benefited them if they would have come back and she had already been trained. I think that would have really benefited them um, storytelling-wise. But they couldn't do it because they had to bring John back quickly. So I think that's where maybe they're hampered. Maybe that's why they're moving the story that quickly because they didn't have, you know, in other seasons they could have done, like it's been several months and they mm-hmm. didn't do it this time. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. But I, I just... I want to either see less of her story or see her finally just leave 
an escape. And we kind of yeah. get the idea that's going to happen just from the trailers. Uh, now, what do you think? Like, it's it's difficult to talk about. I don't want to get too much into spoiler things because I'm pretty almost 100% sure now I know exactly how this season goes based on a leak that happened where everything that this person said has now proven to be accurate. Uh, and so I'm, I'm pretty confident I know where we're going with John and Sansa. So, but I don't know what's going to happen with Daenerys. Now, do you think Danny is going to go back to Marine in this second half and then get bogged down there like she is in the books or, or like they are in the books where the, uh, slavers and all those fuckers attack them and surround Marine? And no, we- I think... She's going to go back to Marine, and there's going to be... It might take an episode or two of her having to make this decision. Right. So, like, finding out what Tyrion was doing while she was gone. Oh, yeah, um, she's not going to be happy about that. Either. Maybe establishing something more with the dragons. Because uh, he unchained them, but yeah. we don't really know... Did he let him out? Or is yeah, they going to train them? Or what are they going to do? I Something imagine he that. let him out, but I don't know. And then I assume, I would say by the end of the season, she's probably going to be uh, moving on somewhere else. Yeah, I think that you probably have to do that unless they decide to do that whole fucking siege. At I think Greece. she's just going to head west. Not not in boats. I don't think the boats will be there necessarily. Maybe they will, but I think she's going to be leaving Marine by the end of the season. I think that they're going to have to go the route of Euron Greyjoy somehow making a pact with her, and she goes with Euron Greyjoy. I don't think it's going to be him. I think it's going to be the other two. Maybe. Okay, that's possible. Or maybe all of them. But uh, maybe that's what she'll do, is she'll bring the fucking Greyjoys together. Which would be really interesting, because it would actually make the Greyjoys, who have seemed like not that important of a family for so long, become really important to the the final ends of the plot, which they are in the book. So I think that would be a way, that, that would also explain why they're doing the entire Greyjoy plot. So maybe that's what happens, is that they all get there, and they're like, no, 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 go with us. And, and she's like, no, fuck it. Look, I'm going with all of you, okay? We're all going. Fucking just get your ships together. Let's do this. But yeah. I do think that the we reason... We have time for this shit. Right. They're like, and get I ready do... for Westeros, because that's all we have over here. <laughs> and I, I do think that that's why they did the whole slavers uh, plot with Tyrion making that deal. I think she's not going to like it. She's going to shoot it down or something. And I think they will do the siege uh, at Marine, you know, like the, the Battle of Fire. And I think that Euron will prove himself somehow in that battle. And then after all that is over and just fucking they've laid waste to shit, then she's like, it's time that we go to Westeros. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry, I've had a cold for several days. Um, And so I think that would be like that perfect moment where she's like riding out to sea and the dragons are flying behind her and that's a nice little way to end the show but then we have one more scene and that's when the wall comes down I think that's the perfect way to end the season 
is the wall comes down after. Like, we get this, da 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 and they're riding off, you know, and you go like, yes, Danny's going to Westeros. And then, and then we cut to the fucking White Walkers bringing the, the wall fucking wall down, down and you're yeah. just like, oh, my fucking God. And that would be, like, maybe the most epic ending to a I'm season. I'm curious to see what, because I feel like Yara and Theon... And if they do have a smaller fleet, they'll get there faster. I think they're gonna try and beat him to Danny. Yeah. And I wonder what they're going to say when they get there. <clears throat> Probably that Yorin is crazy. Uh, that's what I would say. Yeah, I think... I don't know. That's that's really interesting, because I don't know. Because they're nowhere near Marine. Or anything in the books, they are. It'll be interesting to find out what people think about her that from that far away, because we know how people think of her in places in Essos. Like people, some people think of her as like this amazing godsend person. A lot of people want to fuck her. That's why prostitutes make a lot of money when they're dressed up like her. Yeah. Um. And so on the she's show, everyone, everyone wants to fuck her. I mean, in, in the books, everyone wants to fuck her. Like, it's ridiculous. There's that whole sequence where what's-his-face from Dorne, like, they they show up there, and there's, like, an argument about who's going to fuck her. Like, it's crazy, man. <laughs> and so it'll be interesting to see uh, them show up is from the... Yeah. Not only from Westeros, but from the other side of Westeros. But here's the thing that might also happen. They may bring the Dorn plot also, the one that, you know, we see that where the ladies took over and all that, mm-hmm. we may see them also go to Danny. And so what if everyone kind of like just ends up there and they all end up in the Battle of Fire and then they all go together to us? Like, what if that's how they play it out? Because that would be one way to fucking cut down all those plots that are <laughs> in the books that, you know, basically making George write for six years uh, for one book, <clears throat> it's because everyone's in different places. I'm so this would be one way to just bring everyone in the same fucking place. How would the how would Dorne get there? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. Oh, the the uh, the sand snakes and. Uh, would Elari. you do you think? Uh, Boat. Probably. Do the Greyjoys have a history with Dorne? No, not that I I don't remember. Okay, so. I think. Hold on, the Greyjoys. So they're not gonna go there at all. No, 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 no. But they might run into each other. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and if it was the Sand Snakes, you know, the Sand Snakes in the book and the show are very different, but (laughs) I think that they are uh, still manipulative and all that. Like, they could try to get with Euron because they could see a potential guy who would think highly of himself so they could manipulate him. Mm-hmm. And I could see Ilaria doing that uh, because I, she's kind of taking over the Arianne uh, uh, storyline from the books, or Ariane. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's kind of like that in a sense. She's a very cool character. I wish she was on the show actually because I really I love her in the books. And they and George just released her chapter uh, last week. So I you know, and I think Ilaria is basically that character now. Mm-hmm. Who's a very different character also in the books. But, uh, so, I could see them all ending up together because that's the essential plot in the books. Is that Dorne is, you know, basically setting up to side with Daenerys. Yeah. 
but everyone wants to marry her. So everyone thinks they're going to marry her, or everyone thinks they're going to get a dragon, and all this shit. And it's, Yeah, that's so funny. Like, that's so funny that people think she yeah. would part with anything. <laughs> Anything. Like that's that's the Dorn plot. Like the the Dornish think that they they have. Well, even you know, that fucking slave trader in Astapor, she was like, "Sure, yeah. I'm going to give you a dragon. Yeah. Here, watch." Yeah, everyone they don't understand, like because you know they they don't really know what she it means can't have to have children. a dragon. They are her children, yeah. literally her children. And in the books too, like there's a whole plan of feeding the dragons pork. I think it's pork or you know bacon or something like that, because that's how. They like there's a story of a um, of someone who was not a Targaryen who tamed a dragon. It's by from, feeding you know, it. And, yeah, by feeding it, and uh, and so I I think you know that's one of the plans in the books is to feed the dragon until it sides with you, and then you know. But I think they don't realize that the dragons are a lot more intelligent than they think. They yeah, are. I think the only people that know that are. Tyrion and Danny. Yeah, Tyrion and Danny are probably the ones who know it best. Yeah. yeah. In both show and books. So, but in the books, obviously, Tyrion hasn't gotten to the dragons yet. And I really think those could end up uh, being some of my favorite chapters. Because in the books, he is such... I mean, in the show, too. And every and I, I'm glad that they kind of made that a, an important point. That I love that scene. Where he's talking to the dragons. It's such an yeah. amazing scene. Because I as a book reader really he's know. He's scared and excited. Oh and God. It's like it's like me meeting Mark Hamill or something, you know, like uh, oh it's Luke Skywalker. Like you just can't believe that you're me and then you find out that Mark yeah. Hamill is actually Luke Skywalker. Like he's, yeah. he's just been pretending to be an actor all this Well time. when that other when he turned to the other I can't tell which is which because the lighting makes him look the same color. I agree. The same problem. When he turned to the other one and it was like here's my collar, he was like, yeah. Oh shit. That's intelligence, man. That's uh and you know, we, we don't know. We don't know how uh you know, there's something from the, the history of you know when the when the Targaryen uh, when most of the dragons died, and um, you know there were like people who would try to ride the dragons, and they would and the dragons would just throw them off. They'd be like, "You're not my fucking man. Like I don't have any connection with you. Fuck off." Yeah. You know, like they didn't have any loyalty to just because you're a Targaryen doesn't mean shit to them. Yeah. And so they have personalities. They have you know they're pissy at times. And just like any human being would be like, why are you fucking getting on me? I didn't tell you you could. Yeah. And I I love that idea. And I, you know, and we kind of got a little bit of that in the show. So I look very much forward to reading that in the books. Just to, just to be inside Tyrion's mind when he realizes, like, fuck, these are real. And I'm going to fucking maybe ride one. I don't know. Uh, I know a lot of people think that the three heads of the dragon thing means Tyrion is going to be on one of them. He could be, but I, I don't think it's going to be that literal. Uh, and I think that... Yeah. But maybe the show will do it. Maybe the show will have Tyrion ride a dragon. I just think it would look goofy, because it looked goofy when uh, when Danny did oh, it. Oh, God. And I'm not sure It looked fine that. up until a point, and then it yeah. got to a certain point, and it was like, Jesus. It looked like never-ending story a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say a video game from, like, 2002. Yeah, I know, because you're, like, you know, 10 years younger than me. So, to you, Never a New Story is not really a great reference. 
But uh, for anybody like my age, like anybody 35 and over, I think they've seen the never-ending story. and they Is know that just budget story. then? I mean, they wrote a dragon yeah. in Harry Potter and it was fine. Well, because uh, episode 8 was the big budget one. And I think they were just... I mean, look, they are still spending $10 million per episode. Yeah. And when you think about what that means... Yo, that's ten million yeah. per episode average. That means some of them they're probably spending twenty million on. Um, and when you think about that, like the average uh, CBS show, and I'm going to say CBS because they're the biggest network, right? Uh, their biggest hit, they probably spend five million, maybe per episode, maybe. And uh, and that's only, I, and I mean for their biggest episodes, like not every episode. They probably right. spend three million, three to four million per episode. Um, and because a lot of that stuff, like, has gotten cheaper because of blue screen. Like, people don't realize how much is shot on blue screen these days. Uh, they don't shoot, like, a lot of things you think are on location or not. And, um, so, this show is spending, like, outspending even the biggest fucking shows on television. And this is a premium cable network, so they're, they're not, they're not being funded by anyone else but the people who are viewing it, you know? It's Mm -hmm. amazing. So, um, they, I, I just imagine they must be, I know that they do fairly well in DVD and Blu-ray sales, uh, but it's just, it's just astounding, and yet, with all that money, they can't, like, tonight's, uh, the killing of the White Walker looked really, like, Yeah, there's some like weird A-team. moments in that. In yeah, that. it looked like, like, there were, a lot of it looked A-team. You know, and because that's actually in the VFX houses, they have the A team, the B team, and like the D team or whatever. And it looked like B team when the White Walker like crumbled, you know, after he got speared. But a lot of the other stuff looked like A team. So I just, you know, and it gets down to rendering. I'm sure some of those things, like when when the White Walkers are breaking up into little icicles, probably takes a lot of time to do the physics and the rendering on that. So they maybe cut some corners on it because it looks so much better in other in you know in a couple other scenes uh, in past seasons. So I don't know what happened there because it, yeah. it did look weird and it didn't look as right. But a lot of the other stuff looked really good. Um, yeah, it's funny because like her flying away on Drogon was bizarro, but like yeah. the next scene. Yeah, some of the close-up scenes were really good. Yeah, the next scene when she's like, Drogon, I know you're hurt, but we gotta go home. That was good. Yeah. When she's like crawling on him and he's like, get the fuck off. I think what they probably did was they said, uh, on the close-up scene, spend the most money. And on the, like, any any shot that was like a medium shot. Well, I think some of the problem with the scene where she flies away was the angles they used. The shot over her shoulder where she's like bouncing up and down. That's the worst shot. You don't need that shot in there. Yeah, that's the worst shot. And, in fact, I've always said any scene, uh, if you go back throughout history of filmmaking, whenever they do a close-up shot of someone riding something, it always looks fake to me because it's almost always fake. You almost never have even somebody's riding horseback. When it's a it's close-up a shot with, of them. with the POV of it also. You're, like, over her shoulder looking downward. Yeah. No, and I agree. No, and no camera tracking is going to make that yeah. look like the way you would look sitting on the back of a dragon. Like, no, that is weird. So, I think they could have just avoided that entirely. We didn't even need that shot. We didn't, once she's in we the air, the we, don't need, we don't need any shot of her on the dragon. We can just watch her fly away. Yeah. Yeah, <clears> yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, somebody actually edited that on YouTube. There's an edit of it that does essentially that, and it looks much better that way. So, um, yeah, it could have been done really easily. And I would have actually edited this episode, the ending of this episode, uh, a little differently, too, uh, just with the whole door thing, but we already talked about that. But, um, yeah, so what were we talking about before that, before we got into previous season? Uh, just oh, talking just about the rest Just predictions of about what's going to happen, yeah. I think, I, I do hope, though, the Euron is a little bit more interesting. He, I actually really liked him in the previous episode he was in when he killed um, Balon. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt like in this episode he was just, uh, and I said it earlier, he was just like a villain from Vikings. Like there was nothing to him and he was just, he just seemed like, uh, you know, like the anvil or something. Like he, there was there was no Well, he was brought, to, he, all, all, any mystery was gone. Yeah, and even his introduction to the King's Moon was so fucking, like, poor. Like, it looked like something out of a show that was shot for $100,000. Like, well, like, it, why was... Everyone's he... going, oh, Yara, or whatever her name is yeah. on the show. Is it Yara, Asha, yeah. whatever. And then yeah, like, why isn't then, he there already? What, what was And he then he comes for? in, hey, all right, hey, how about me? And then they just change. Now, does it happen like that in the books? Technically, yes. But he's blown a magical horn right before that to get everyone to listen to him. And we think that he actually set a, put a spell on people. Because right after they vote for him as king, they, everyone now starts plotting against him. Why is that? That doesn't make any sense. So we think it's, there was a temporary um, That would have been magical... way cooler if he just blew a horn and everyone's like, what the fuck is that? I think they should have done that because they like you know it would have been distracting and then all and they would have made more sense and at least book fans would have been like oh they're calling back to that moment where they blow the horn and it's like the fucking is that the dragon horn yeah the dragon horn that binds uh, you know dragons to people but there is a theory and I kind of buy into it that the dragon horn doesn't bind people to dra- I mean dragons to people that it binds people to people and. Um, mm. That, it, you know, that's how... It, because it's almost like immediately after the king's move, people start planning against him. The people who voted for him now want him gone, like, want to kill him. Yeah. And so I think that there's something to that notion. It's one of the few Preston Jacobs theories. There's a guy on, on YouTube called Preston Jacobs. He comes up with the most ridiculous fucking uh, Game of Thrones theories. But there's one, and that's one of them, where I'm like, you know what? That actually makes some sense. Because it is one of the few times he's used logic to break down a sequence of events. And this one actually makes sense. He's the one that's been fucking, that rallied the troops on R plus L equals D, which makes no fucking sense. Because Danny doesn't need to be Rhaegar and Lyanna's kid to be the prince that was promised. Like, it adds nothing to the story. She's already the most likely prince that was promised because she's already had the, the best lineage already. She doesn't need Rhaegar and Lyanna. Like, George would waste yeah. our fucking time, like, waste 20 years of our fucking time with something that makes, that adds nothing to the story. Yeah. No, thank you. No, he wouldn't do that. And then there's the other one that John is uh, a Dane, and, uh, and, dude, it's so weird. Like, these fucking theories are so silly. It's like, no, fucking, I George, don't is, not them, to, George is not trying to trick us. 
He's, he, he rewards attentive readers. When some of these people come on my channel, because I have a video up for R plus L equals J, and they say these things, I'm like, but why would he do that? And they're like, because it's, it's too easy. And I'm like, it's only easy because you had 20 years to fucking come up with this theory. Yeah. Like, for 10 years, people didn't fucking know this. Yeah. The first, the first real R plus L equals J theory probably doesn't even come out until, like, like Storm of Swords. Imagine how people's minds would be blown if he wrote these books, like, yeah, back, five back, times back, as back, quickly yeah. as he... Yeah. <laughs> then people no. would have been like, oh, my God. The fact that George is not going to trick us, that he's not going to fucking change the story just because you figure it out, that's honorable. That means that he's he had a plan and he's going to stick to it because it's a good fucking plan. And the reason that you've all figured it out, that we all figured out where he's going, is because he's not just writing a fucking bullshit trick. He's This is not a hack writer. There's, who goes, there's oh. clues and there's... Yeah, he left him there for a reason. Yeah. Because he's not out to trick us. That's not it. Like, his hook is not, oh, I'm going to write a really, like, shocking book. His hook is that I'm going to write a book that is only shocking because you have other expectations from all the other books you read. Like, you read all these other books, and, and the, every author did the exact same fucking thing because they were all copying each other. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your expectation of what all those other authors did, and I'm going to do something else with it, but it's going to be logical. It's going to make sense because in the end, you're not going to go, oh, he really shocked me because I, I was completely expecting him to go this way and went this other way. That's how a lot of writers do it. They, you know, they write something, yeah. and then in the end, something else happens, and you're like, but that doesn't make Or no they don't publish sense. the book because it gets leaked. Parts of it get leaked. Like, oh, well, like, yeah. That um, did happen. That did happen. <laughs> um, so, do we think that the man that was turned into the Night's King is a Lannister? No. Because he had blonde-ass hair. No, but... Uh, no, 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 because that would have happened long before the Lannisters were even around. Ancestor. No, the Lannisters weren't even... Uh, no. Uh, I think it's much more likely that he would be a Stark than anything else. So why didn't they pick a guy with dark hair? I don't know, because they had this guy on set. You know? <laughs> uh, I imagine he's one of the uh, stuntmen who plays one of the White Walkers. <clears throat> so that's why he chose him. But... Uh, uh, yeah, no. And it doesn't really matter, because it's not like all the Starks have just black hair. You know, there's got to be a blonde Stark in there. Well, somewhere. Ned is on the show. Yeah, so it's it's in the bloodline. Like, they're not all fair hair. I mean, they're all dark hair. Some of them are fair-haired. Same thing with the Targaryens. Some people always like, oh, this guy can't be a Targaryen because he has dark hair. Or the Dane should have light, you know, like, Arthur Dane should have had light hair. And you're like, dude, there's nothing to suggest... That being from Valeria means that you're fucking gonna have light hair. The Targaryens had dark sleeping hair. with each other. Yeah, but the Targaryens had dark hair. Like people are silly. Um, so you know, it's these little weird things that people latch onto. Like, and, and I saw it when Lord of the Rings movies were being made, where people would say, like, "Why does this character look like this?" Uh, in the books, in the books, he's not even described. How could you even fucking like? That's one of the things that people bitch yeah, about Tolkien. Is Tolkien didn't describe his characters, so you put it in your mind that this character was whatever, and it's not what the character looks the like. The exact opposite of J.K. Rowling, who describes everything. everything. Yeah, and it's one of my issues with J.K., uh, especially in the earlier books. She got a lot better in later books in knowing when to describe things. 
I but in those early books, oh my god, it's like diarrhea of the word. It's just like oh, and she became. There was a an economy of words of overusing words in the final three books, especially the final book, uh, yeah. which I thought was her best written book. It may not be the best story, you know. A lot of people will say it's you know the one before or, or even the one before that. Uh, but I thought that her her economy of words was much better. Uh, we won't have that problem with George, though, because George, the things he over-describes is food. <laughs> um, Interesting. So, yeah. So if you ever read uh, the his scenes where he's describing, like, a feast, you, you will gain 10 pounds just reading that scene. You're just like, oh, my God, I think I just <laughs> ate that. Yeah, he loves describing food. Um, so th- hopefully we'll have a nice... Actually, I think we're going to have a nice piece. And it does look like from the trailers that we're going to get that uh, Frey... Maybe a Frey wedding. Maybe he's... Uh, Walter Frey is getting married. And maybe that's when the revenge, the northern plot kicks in. And uh, Lannister men and Freys are killed at this uh, feast or whatever it is. Black wedding. Yeah, I don't know what they would call it. Uh, but it what color be... is the Frey house banner? I can't even remember. I really don't remember. Like, just like... It's the one blue. house that I have, like, virtually no interest in. <laughs> uh, I actually have a, uh... A, uh, what do you call it? Alright, what's this one? House Frey, I was right. A dank gray-blue. Oh, yeah, I see blue. it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. So, Ugh. maybe it'll be the gray wedding. Grey Wedding. Yeah. So that would be appropriate since they fucking killed Grey Wind. Those little bastards. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, I think we've said too much. Okay. Uh, I think we talked for too long. <laughs> so uh, to sum up, I liked this episode. I thought the ending was uh, emotionally draining in some ways. and uh, But I thought it was a perfect death for a great character um, with a perfect loop around and I think that this is a, a very good season and if I wasn't a book reader I'd probably be fucking madly in love with it yeah agreed okay good <laughs> say goodbye to the people goodbye every people yeah goodbye every